Wings for the game. Boom. Cash back. New lucky jersey. Boom. Cash back. Even a last-minute ice run can score you some cash back when you use your debit card. And yes, we said debit card. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. Look, in sports, it's hard to predict who's taking the W, but you know what's guaranteed to win? Discover Cashback Debit. Oh, and did I mention there are no fees? Period. I'm telling you, this one is a game changer. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Athletic Hockey Show, the Wednesday Roundtable Edition. I am Rob Peasel from CBC Sports, joined, as always, by Sarah Sivian, who's at home. (laughs) Jesse Granger... (laughs) Who is, yes, finally in Canada. And Jesse, I'm I'm really impressed with you because the second you landed in Canada, I was shocked at the breaking news that you put on Twitter. Two pieces of breaking news. Number one, you said, it's been a while, but it turns out Canada is still cold. And number two, it also turns out that poutine is amazing. For us, that's a way of life, man. You're breaking news. How much poutine have you eaten since you've, (laughs) you've come to Canada? Just the one meal, but it was it was the first meal when I landed in Canada. It'd been a while, obviously, because of the border shutdowns and stuff that I haven't been up here. So I had to get me some poutine. I am the typical Vegas guy. I wore onto the plane. I stepped outside. It was nighttime. It was like 1030 at night when I got here. I stepped outside and it was jarring. Sarah, you a poutine eater? I still haven't had it yet. I feel like people I'm with when I'm in Canada. I don't. I'm in Canada a lot, but like Vancouver's for sushi. Toronto's for anything. I love eating in Toronto. And it's like, I have actually never been to Montreal. So I think that's the problem. I'm going to actually, I'm going to Drummondville to to do some ringside reporting for a CHL game on the weekend. And I'm told right near my hotel is the restaurant that claims they invented the poutine. I'm sure there's like a million of those in Canada, right? Exactly. But I'm going to come back from this two day trip. Okay. 15 pounds heavier. I guarantee it. So <laughs> please keep uh, us posted and, and make sure to follow Jesse to see how many, I, I want at least three poutines before you leave and you got to try different places. Cause well, I'm, I'm heading to Montreal after this. So that's, that's the go-to. There you go. And then some Montreal smoked meat. Of course you can't miss out on the Montreal smoked meat sandwiches. Those are, that's, that's what it's all about. But we got a lot guys and, and we got to cram it in because um, as always, it's been a busy week. The fallout just continuing from the Blackhawk sexual assault scandal. We've got Carrie Price possibly coming back. Speaking of Montreal, uh, Adam Fox got paid. We've got Ovechkin continuing to be all Ovi scoring goals 17 <laughs> years into his career. It's just incredible. And then later on, uh, we're going to hear an interview that we uh, conducted with Eddie Lack, former goaltender, former Vancouver Canuck. Um, We were going to air it last week, but obviously given what happened with the Chicago Blackhawks and that story, we thought it'd be a little better to to delay that to this week because um, it's it's a fun interview. He talks about pasta and ketchup and stuff, so you don't want to miss that. But uh, since this whole podcast evidently is going to be about food, uh, yeah, we're going to air that in the second segment. But guys, of course, you know where we're starting uh, since we last spoke, we've had Kyle Beach come out as John Doe, courageously, might I add. Uh, Joel Quinville stepping down as the head coach of the Florida Panthers. We've seen Gary Bettman and Bill Daly hold a press, press conference, and we saw the Winnipeg Jets hold a very, very, very different type of press conference. Um, I guess I'll start this week kind of like we did last week. I mean, 
are you just as exhausted? Is it, it, how are you guys holding up covering this sort of thing on a regular basis? Because it's, uh, it's been a, another tough week. Sarah, we'll start with you. Yeah, what happens is always there's the initial fallout and then there's even more where more either people come forward. I mean, yeah. I went to Penn State, so I kind of, I have oh, wow. covered a situation like this before. That's when I started to be a journalist. And it's just kind of like, I've been thinking about that time in my life. And it's just like, the heartbreaking part is there's so many people who knew something about Kyle Beach and didn't do enough. So many people failed us. And we saw more of that this week with Sheveldayev. And then I thought it was interesting. Um, kind of Alan Walsh has been talking about it really well on Twitter. I think the agent, and he mentioned, why did his agent know and not do more? I've been thinking about that a lot. So here I am with that. So just sitting with this still, what about you, Jesse? Yeah. Very similar thoughts. I, I think that um, we've also seen how differently people handle it. And um, we've seen some, like the interview, obviously, with Kyle Beach was handled spectacularly, I thought. Um, mm -hmm. And we've seen some people handle it the wrong way. Um, I thought the league handled that press conference uh, a, not as well as they should have. And then and then I think we saw, and, and Rob and I were kind of talking about it before we come here. Um, I think, I don't know if Kevin Sheveldayoff deserves more punishment or more blame than we're giving him. But I did have a different feeling um, coming away from that one than I did the other press conference. What about you, Rob? That's, that's exactly where I want to go with this. We had two press conferences that the hockey world and the sporting world were all watching. I walked away from one thinking, are you kidding me? And I walked away from another one thinking, okay, you know, and, and I, I'll, I'll be honest, I'm one of those people that when this news broke, I was under the assumption that if somebody's in that meeting and they knew that what was going on, well, they didn't do enough afterwards. And that includes Kevin Sheveldayoff. And whether I still believe that or not, I'm still not sure. But when I watched Kevin Sheveldayoff, when I watched Mark Chipman, I, I felt, and this is just me, how I felt and how I saw that, two people who felt terrible about a horrible situation and it, it felt like two human beings. Yeah. When I watched Gary Bettman and Bill Daly, I, I said WTF out loud so many times that my wife said to me, what are you watching? Uh, <laughs> you know, she, she wasn't watching the presser with me. They're just, let's dissect it real quick. Joel, yeah. Qu Joel Quinville, why was he coaching? Explain to me why his resume had anything to do with the fact that he was behind the bench. Can you guys explain it? Because I know I can't. That, that's exactly why we are where we are right now, because it's all about protecting the hockey boys and, go, and giving them the benefit of the doubt and not the actual victim. And that, was, that press conference was so hard to hear. But I saw a tweet that said, I'm glad apparently the NHL doesn't have any PR training because now we're seeing their true colors and true colors with Gary Bettman were shown. I don't know. Hearing that it's hard to believe any real change can happen if he's still in this position. I don't know. Maybe I'm just emotional after still listening to that, but it's very hard to believe he is going to instill change in this league in the correct way. What do you think, Jesse? Yeah. I, and, and you mentioned like Quinville's resume and like, okay, he has Stanley cups. I think it's less about his success that, that kind of kept him coaching that game and kept this whole thing under wraps for so long and more about the personal relationships. And I think we found out that yeah. people within the Blackhawks wanted to protect people that they were friends with rather than siding with Kyle Beach. Um, and, I, and I think that that 
more than anything is the reason Quinville was on the bench coaching that game when he obviously shouldn't have been. I think mm-hmm. that's the reason that this thing took 11 years to come out and, and it wasn't handled properly. And, and Aldrich was allowed to celebrate with the team and do all those things that we talked about last week. I think it comes down to people choosing personal relationships and doing what's easy to them mm-hmm. rather than what's right. Mm-hmm. You mentioned the Rick Westhead interview with Kyle Beach, which I, I'm not ashamed to admit at all affected the living hell out of me. I watched that thing and I, I was I was feeling it throughout that entire interview, just sitting on my coach. I couldn't believe it. Um, and then I'm watching the Gary Bettman press conference and I'm thinking, I'm, and here's maybe a little bit of me being naive. I'm thinking, where the hell is Rick Westhead? I was actually thinking that and just thinking maybe he, he didn't want to be part of this. I saw he had tweeted earlier this week uh, on the advice of friends and family. I'm going to put the phone down a little bit. Um, and then it took Pierre Lebrun saying, <clears throat> how about calling on that guy for him to finally get called mm-hmm. on? What did you guys think of that whole situation? Because I know Frank Saravelli tweeted out that, the, mm-hmm. you know, the Professional Raiders Hockey Association is, is behind him. But can you believe the optics of that happening on a press conference that everybody's watching? Now, the optics are so bad and it's just like they just still clearly aren't getting it. What are they going to think? Rick Westhead is going to go away if they don't call on him. I I respect the peer a lot for giving him kind of a shout out and like they had nowhere to hide 47 minutes until he had said anything. It's just absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. And it happened after they were called out on, on Twitter. Um, I, yeah. Like you said it, the, the PR side was not handled well by the end. <laughs> no. That's just a continuation of that. Well, it's not only that. I mean, other people were getting follow-up questions. I, I like I said, maybe mm. this was me being stupid. I, I honest to God thought, okay, Rick Westhead's not here because we, we're not seeing the raising of the hands and everything else. So I'm thinking he's not there. And and what what do they have to gain from that? I just don't understand it. And then you watch the Winnipeg Jets press conference. Our first call from Zoom is from <laughs> Rick Westhead from TSN. I mean, it's I don't like, know what kind of shot that was, but I laughed. Did they not have a plan? Did they not have a plan going into this? Sometimes it makes me think. I think Chevaldeoff did and Bettman didn't. And that was the difference. And they still both should have done more at the time. But it's easier to forgive Chevaldeoff when he seems genuinely remorseful. And that's I was with a sexual assault survivor last night. And she said, that's what we want to see. We want to see genuine remorse and understanding of what happened so we can move forward as a hockey community. Not only genuine remorse, I, I felt as if, look, we all have done things maybe way in the past that we're not proud of or said things that we're not proud of. And I'm sure this whole situation has a lot of people involved in that. But to me, that Winnipeg Jets press conference felt like two people who are saying, yes, things were done wrong and we are going to fix them mm-hmm. now for the future. Especially with Mark Chipman, who, who clearly he, he said he alluded to the fact that he this touched home with him. And I feel as if they're going to be hopefully industry leaders in, in changing certain things where I just didn't feel that. I didn't feel that with Gary Bettman and Bill Day. I mean, when when Rick, Wed, Rick Westhead excuse me, asks if they're going to provide counseling for the Michigan player who got abused because of the inaction of the Chicago Blackhawks <sighs> and Gary Bettman starts with. Well, I, I need to know more about that situation. What else do you need to know? He was jailed. He went to prison because of something that your, you know, an organization in your league allowed him to do. I was, I was visibly upset. Jesse, Jesse's shaking his head. I think you were on the, in the same boat as me. Yeah, yeah, exact same boat. Um, 
I, and, and as you mentioned, like it's continued last night, um, mm-hmm. after the Golden Knights loss in Toronto, Ron Leonard stepped to the mic and answered. He, he had a conversation with Kyle Beach over the phone and he answered, I don't know, 10, 15 questions, um, from mostly Toronto media trying to just mm-hmm. talk to him about it. And, and, and his main point was, I mean, th- and we talked about this a little bit last week, like how much of it goes on the players because we, we put so much on the coaches and, and the leaders, which we should, they're, they're the ones that were gone to, they were the ones that were supposed to handle this. But Robin Leonard had a great point that moving forward to change things, it's got to start with the players because one, they can't trust clearly the people above them right decisions. And two, hockey culture is create, it starts with the players as, as much as coaches and owners and everybody they control things from higher up the players. If, if the players had reacted differently to Kyle beach, I think this whole thing would have, would have been different. And, and Robin Leonard basically said, we have to be better as players. We have to look at ourselves and we have to, and, and like, that's the, that's the right thing to say. That's the right mentality to have is everyone has to be better moving forward from the bottom to the top. Isn't that hockey culture though? And, and, mm-hmm. and that's what makes me confuses me. Hockey culture is you stand by your teammate no matter what. And this poor teammate was left to stand alone. Yeah. That's why this word needs to be very looked into before we toss it around again. We toss around hockey culture so much because it's supposed to be kind of the purest sport or whatever of teammates and thing doing the better thing, being the better person. It's more than hockey. And it has not been that recently. And we need to seriously first retire that word and then investigate it and then see if we're ready to revisit it, you know? Yeah, well, I have a feeling we're going to be revisiting this topic again next yeah. week because it, this isn't far from over, and that's a good thing. I'm really curious to see what happens with the NHLPA. It looks as though they're possibly going to have that independent investigation to find out what – because, again, as Jesse alluded to, he was failed by people, and he went to the NHLPA, the people who are there yeah, exactly. and trusted to, to, to protect the players, and everything except that happened. So – uh, we'll continue to, you know, break this thing down week to week as it moves on. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about some actual hockey. It looks as though Carey Price um, might be back on the ice as soon as this weekend. It's There isn't a hard date. Um, of course, he entered the NHL, NHLPA's uh, player assistance program on October 7th. The Habs are clearly struggling. This is one of those interesting ones, guys. This isn't an ACL injury. This is, you know, obviously he had some issues he wanted to deal with. But uh, when a team is struggling, I, I hope that didn't have anything to do with, you know, his his return. What do you think of this, Jesse? Yeah, I mean, you hope he got the help he was seeking. You hope he yeah. feels better and, and is ready to come back. And um, from a just a human standpoint, that's the hope. From a hockey standpoint... There couldn't be a better solution for a struggling hockey team on the face of this earth than Carey Price. So <laughs> if you're the Canadians, um, you hope that everything is good for Carey. You hope that he's figured out what he needed to figure out and he feels good and is ready to play hockey because that can help this team a ton. There's no position on the ice that can change things more than a goalie. And that guy does it better than pretty much anyone. So I, from a hockey perspective... Um, great news for Montreal. Yeah, I agree. I just wish him the best. I hope he's totally fine. And I thank him for kind of opening the conversation more about mental health. That's all. 
I agree with everything you guys are saying. I'm just, you know, he does play in a city that can yeah. be rough. Can be rough. Let's be yeah. honest. And I'm pretty sure, I, you know, I don't know the finer points of the NHL's uh, player assistance program, but I don't think he's practicing in there. Um, so he's got to be given some time to work his way back into this lineup. While well, I agree with Jesse, they made the Stanley Cup finals because of one Carey Price. Um, I don't think we could expect, you know, Stanley Cup final Carey Price right out the gate. Um, Adam Fox, seven years, 9.5 AAV with the Rangers, which I didn't know this made a little history. Largest contract in NHL history for a defenseman leaving his entry level deal. That is a big number, guys, but a Norris Trophy will do that, right? Yeah, we we keep seeing this a lot. I feel like with Svechnikov's too, it was biggest contract in Carolina history and good for these guys who are getting paid even like in the post-pandemic world. Good for them. Get that bread. I love Adam Fox. I love the way he plays. I He's a one of few fellow Jews in the NHL. So I always give that a shout out. And he is just, ever since he was in Harvard, I covered college hockey then. And just watching him, you knew he was going to be a star. The way he can walk into that zone, the way he's so versatile. And I thought he was going to take a few years, but he just fit right in in the NHL and his dream team on the Rangers. And that's the only place he wants to play. Good for him. Yeah, awesome. I think it's a continuation of trends that we're seeing. One in this type of defensemen, the franchise cornerstone, right? Like th- yeah. this is where hockey's going. Um, and, and it's awesome. I think everyone who watches hockey loves that style of hockey. We keep seeing these type of defensemen get pushed to the forefront, becoming the franchise guys and they pay him. And then I think the other continue, the other trend we're seeing is guys getting paid off that entry level. Mm-hmm. The, the days of holding guys hostage for their RFA years and getting them year by year and, and like, Teams are locking guys up long-term. You're seeing it with Kale McCarr, guy, really young players where it feels like that wasn't really the case. Teams trying to lock guys up for big money for long-term. I mean, just a couple of years ago, it feels like this is kind of a new, a new trend. But it also makes a lot more sense. I've always looked at when, when a player finally becomes an unrestricted free agent and they sign that massive deal thinking, okay, well, where is this player going to be in year five and six of this deal? We saw it with guys like Brad Richards signing massive. And also when those players become free agents, if it's a weak class, they're suddenly Wayne Gretzky. Right. You know what I mean? And they yeah. sign these massive. <laughs> I would much rather get a player who has proven himself in the first three years of his, of his career in year four. I mean, 100%. I'm not breaking news here, guys. You get slower as your career mm-hmm. goes on. Pay these guys earlier. So I agree, Jesse. It's it's a trend. I, I, waiting for to be a UFA just ain't going to happen to to get your windfall anymore. It's just so old, too. Like you think about the eight, like 25, 26, like that. It, there's no other sport where guys are are held hostage on the team that drafted them for that long. Like you look yeah. at the NBA, it's like two years, and you can do what you want. Um, so it's it's good for the players to get right. paid b- before they're on the back end of their career. Blinks and Jack Eichel. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> and before they get hurt, too. We're, we're not talking about ping pong here. We're talking about a very physical sport right. where you can easily get injured and that's going to cost you millions of dollars. A um, couple more minutes here. Uh, first star of the month, one Alexander Ovechkin, nine goals in eight games. He's leading the NHL in goals yet again. Um I think you could argue whether or not he's going to catch and break Wayne Gretzky's all-time goal record. You could break the numbers. You can see, uh, say what you want to say. I think the argument is long gone as to whether or not Alexander Ovechkin is the best pure goal scorer in NHL history. Agree or disagree? 
I agree. And I think that best means a lot of things. He's the most fun. Um, he's the best because he goes into that one little spot and there's n- absolutely nothing. You can't even defend it. Like it's going in. He doesn't really have to do anything crazy. And that is what is so enticing and fun about him. And then he acts like it's the first time he scored every time he does it in the same exact spot. And he's been, he brings a lot of personality to the league too, where I feel like some other stars might have not. And I, I appreciate that about him. And I think it's going to be awesome. Now we get Wayne Gretzky on a panel as he's going off and we get to see his thoughts about him potentially breaking his record. Right, Jesse? Yeah. And and you mentioned he does it the same way. And like, that's why he's doing it. And is what is this? His 17th year 17. in the league. 17th year in the league. There's a reason he's still leading the league in goals at this age. Mm. And it's because he doesn't have to go through the whole defense like Connor McDavid does. Like when Connor McDavid right. is Ovechkin's age, he's not going to be dominating the way he is now. Ovechkin just moseys over to that left circle and then just rips it past the goalie. And to me, when you argue like who's the best scorer of all time, to me, it's, a, it's obviously Ovechkin because every time I watch Wayne highlights the guy's amazing i'm not on here to talk to take anything away from wayne gretzky the goaltending was not the same it wasn't the same you're just shooting it along the ice from the blue line and it goes in like <laughs> every other time alex ovechkin is playing in a in a era where goalies stop pretty much everything they see unless it's come his stick and if it's coming off his stick they can't stop it it's so funny when I when I put this out there, and as, as as evidenced by the jersey hanging behind me. I know it's a podcast, but I have an autographed Gretzky jersey behind me. I'm the biggest Gretzky. I grew up, you know, in Canada as you do, worshiping the man. But you look at just the numbers and everything you said there, Jesse. I agree with, but you have to just bring up the longevity. I mean, Gretzky last led the league in goals in his eighth NHL season. He last scored fifty goals in his tenth season. We're in Ovi's 17th season. (laughs) Seriously. And he is not only a legitimate threat, he's a legitimate threat to win the Rocket Richard Trophy every damn year. So as long as he doesn't get hurt and he keeps, he hasn't shown any signs of slowing down, it's, it's absolutely possible. He's led the league in goals nine times in his career. That's mind blowing. So people get so angry. I'm with you, Jesse. I'm not here to say anything bad about the great one. He's the greatest player in the history of the game. But we're okay to say it's it's Ovi. Like even if even if he retired right now, it's Ovi, in my opinion. Same. And does he break it, guys? Sarah? Yes or no? Yes. Jesse? I think he does too. For all the reasons we just mentioned. He, he yeah. you said he hasn't showed any signs of slowing down. So what if he does? Have someone push <laughs> yeah. him. Have someone yeah. push him over to that <laughs> face-off circle and then just let exactly. him rip. Exactly. Exactly. But what is an Ovi slowdown? 30 goals a season? Right. That's an OV slowdown? Are you kidding me? So That's right thing. now he sits at 739. He's two behind some guy, probably the name of Brett Hull, <laughs> at 741. <laughs> and then Yager, 766. Gordy Howe at 801. And then the great one at 894. All right, we're going to take a quick break. After the break, an interview we taped a couple weeks ago with former NHL goaltender Eddie Lack. Play for the Canucks, the Flames, the Devils, uh, the Hurricanes. And we talk about Everything, including, once again, ketchup on pasta. Wings for the game. Boom. Cash back. New lucky jersey. Boom. Cash back. Even a last minute ice run can score you some cash back when you use your debit card. And yes, we said debit card. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. Look, in sports, it's hard to predict who's taking a W, but you know what's guaranteed to win? Discover Cashback Debit. Oh, and did I mention there are no fees? Period. I'm telling you, 
This one is a game changer. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Did you know that even if you have a 401k for retirement, you can still have an IRA? Robinhood has the only IRA that gives you a 3% boost on every dollar you contribute when you subscribe to Robinhood Gold. But get this, now through April 30th, Robinhood is even boosting every single dollar you transfer in from another retirement account with a 3% match. That's right, no cap on the 3% match. Robinhood Gold gets you the most for your retirement thanks to their IRA with a 3% match. This offer is good through April 30th. Get started at Robinhood.com slash boost. Subscription fees apply. And now for some legal info. Claim as of Q1 2024 validated by Radius Global Market Research. Investing involves risk including loss. Limitations apply to IRAs and 401ks. 3% match requires Robinhood Gold for one year from the date of first 3% match. Must keep Robinhood IRA for five years. The 3% matching on transfers is subject to special terms and conditions. Robinhood IRA available to U.S. customers in good standing. Robinhood Financial LLC member SIPC is a registered broker. Dealer. Very pleased to welcome to the show former Canuck, Flame, Hurricane Devil, now an assistant goalie coach at Arizona State University, also a real estate agent, and let's face it, just a really good follow on Twitter. Eddie Lack joining us on the Athletic Hockey Show. Thanks for doing this, Eddie. Hey, thank you for having me. I'm excited. Well, first things first, I mean, fill us in on how retirement life is going. I mean, it hasn't been that long since you, you made the announcement that you were done, but uh, you look like you're pretty relaxed. Yeah, I just feel like ever since I retired, I've just been wor- working more. So I kind of miss hockey now. But, but uh, yeah, the the uh, the hockey life was more like a cu- couple, three hours a day, right? And now I'm more working 70 hour weeks right so it's a little different but yeah i'm getting used to it so tell us about it i mean i know uh the the real estate thing was when you released your your video about retirement the one that kind of raised eyebrows you know most times you don't hear about professional athletes saying i'm gonna retire and become a real estate agent but uh, what's filling up the days what's what were these 70 hour weeks like no it's just like uh listing appointments and closings and talk, talk, talking on the phone. I mean, I'm on the phone a lot now. So, so yeah, it's, it's uh, fun. I, I didn't think that this was going to be something that I was going to do when I retired. Right. But I just like has uh, loved it. So, so, so far. So yeah, it's been great. How'd you get into it? And so my family uh, does a lot of real estate back home and uh, we, we have a few hotels back in Sweden and everything too. Uh, so, so, so uh, real estate is just something that I've always been, been uh, interested in as an investment and everything. And now, now I just uh, uh, jumped on in a hot market here and I'm just like, all right, this is great. <laughs> Um, speaking of a hot market, I've kind of seen some of your ideas on Twitter about kind of how to grow to the, the coyotes and kind of somebody asked me on Twitter, what can small market teams do to improve like the experience and make more fans there? Like, do you have any ideas? So the coyotes in particular, so they have, 
the arena out in Glendale and everything, like everyone knows, right? And and uh, from what I understand, eighty uh, percent of their fan base is here on the east side of the valley, and then you have uh, Glendale on the west side of the valley. So so it's just like for a smaller mar- market, uh, people don't really want to sit like an hour and a half in traffic to like get to the games and then like an hour back. Right. That, that might work in Chicago where, where you have like 20 million fans. Right. But, 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 but yeah, it's a little bit different here. So the biggest thing is just moving the ring to like where the fans live. Right. And, and uh, they just put a, proposal down i think to, to move the arena down to uh tempe here where AS, asu's new rink is going to be, be as well so yeah it's 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 uh, uh stuff is moving along i think but obviously everyone would uh want it to move a little bit quicker speaking of asu um i'm kind of curious like what you've learned as a coach and what how are the players different than when you like came up in the league uh, I think that the players are pretty similar to when I came up, like the younger guys have always had an attitude. They've always <laughs> had, had it. I mean, I had an attitude when I came up too. So, uh, it's, 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 uh, with college, I feel like they're still so, so young. So like you have to like let them make mistakes because there are going to be mistakes and 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 uh just just uh, make sure that they learn from each mistake but not be too hard on them right out here in vegas i i work with the unlv hockey team a lot and there are a lot of guys who came from asu there and i, I feel like there's a pretty strong connection so i know a lot of them it's been really cool to see that program transformed the way it has the last couple of years. I guess how much fun has it been for you and from your perspective? It's crazy to, to like see. I mean, I think we're like six or uh, seven years into this now, and 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 uh, just uh, uh, the last couple of years there before COVID, and be like a top 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 ten program in the nation. Everything has been unbelievable so so yeah just just uh, uh a lot of fun and with the new rink coming and everything so we're we're about a year away less than a year i think like who wouldn't want to come here and play right with like the weather and you have the the uh, uh the school in general and then you got a brand brand, brand new rink with a great pro, pro program right so yeah I I I, uh, I see that the guys lo- lo- love it here. I I hope this isn't too obscure for the national audience, but Johnny Walker plays for that team, and he is one of the funniest people I've ever met. Um, <laughs> what's it like dealing? With, I've only hung out with him a few times. What's it like dealing with that guy on a daily basis? I mean, as, as a coach, he just brings a lot of he- headache to to you, you know. Uh, but 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 uh, as a guy, he he is like one of one of the best guys that i met in hockey so yeah it's it's it it's fun uh, and uh, i hope that this is his last year uh, 
I really hope he gets a pro contract somewhere. But if not, he's probably coming back for year eight or nine or like whatever it is now. <laughs> that sounds familiar. What did he didn't he do something that made like national headlines? He was the first bar stool athlete, I think, or, or yeah. the first spitting chicklets, first okay. spitting yeah. chicklets athlete when they yeah. when they got the NIL deals. <laughs> yeah, Eddie, I wanted to ask you about social media. Um, you know, when I found out you were coming on the show, I went back and rewatched those videos you put out when you retired. And one thing that really jumped out to me, you said, "Oh, you're going to be hearing a lot from me on Twitter, especially now. I don't have some PR <laughs> guy telling me what I can and can't say." And and last week on the show, we we really went deep into how we want players to have more personality. Uh, Jack Hughes tossing his stick into the crowd was something we really kind of broke that. <laughs> but talk to us a little bit about that, because obviously we know there are PR directors for each team. There are social media directors now for each team. But uh, how much how much are you being stifled, for lack of a better word, when you want your personality to get out there, you want people to know Eddie Lack is a great follow on Twitter and, and grow your brand, <laughs> but how much are teams saying, hey, you can't say that? No, I mean there are some some stuff that I can say now when I when I couldn't say when I played, right? And 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 it's just like when I first came over here, I had no filter, right? Like I I just said whatever was on on my mind, whether it was on Twitter or in the locker room or like whatever, right? And and then uh when you get called up for like the first time, it, like the rules change a little bit. I remember uh, that I posted something because um, U U.S. beat Canada in a world championship. It was like the semifinal and then U U.S. were going to play against uh, Sweden in the final. And I tweet tweeted, uh, don't worry, my Canadian friends, the Swedes will take care of what you guys could couldn't right <laughs> so more more like a fun like tweet and 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 yeah the team wasn't too happy they were like no you can't post stuff like this like you're gonna get the fans against you and everything i'm like this is just all in fun and games right but but yeah like players in general i love it when players show their personalities and like their own so social media and everything uh, i just feel like as soon as that player has like one or two bad 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 games like the people always shows up with the oh my god you should be less on social media and focus more on your game right and and that kind of stuff ki kills me because we really need hockey players to like show what awesome personalities there are out there do you know robin leonard yeah yeah <laughs> Part, like okay yeah what do you think about him on twitter um obviously <laughs> i i cover him up and close and see him and, and he hasn't been as active the last few weeks but he's a guy who probably more than any player in the league is not afraid to show his personality even despite being the starting goalie in the nhl i think that he's fighting a good battle uh, i i i think that uh he is finally in a position where he's on a longer term co co contract. Like he, he feels like he's in a stable enough position to be able to speak out about these issues and everything. Right. And, and, and uh, it's been a long time coming for him, I think, because he was always on the one year deals and everything. Right. So, so, right. so uh, 
I truly, really respect what he's doing. I think it's sometimes maybe he's going a little bit too far, but that's just Robin. And like, like you just take the good with the bad with him, right? Like that is just how he is. And that's why we love him. So yeah, it's just Robin. But aside from like, obviously there are serious things that he gets into on Twitter, but also just the the joking around. Like, like are there like are there players in the league that want to be more like that? Like, I tweet Robin Leonard's the first goalie off the ice. He goes in the locker room, grabs his phone, and tweets a uh, the Iron Man explosion <laughs> behind him, like setting Twitter on fire. Like, are, are are do other guys want to do that on Twitter and just can't because the teams won't let them? Or I I think one teams, yeah. Uh, I also feel like. When I came up in the league and everything, uh, there was still kind of this old school hockey mentality, right? So uh, you had the guys that have been been in the league for the last fifteen years, and like they didn't know so so social media or anything, and they were just kind of just uh, uh, making fun of the guys, the younger guys. They were trying to show a little personality and everything on Twitter, so. So I think uh, uh, that's part of the issue, I think. Yeah. You know, Eddie, when we uh, found out you were coming on, the three of us, we have a chat group where we're kind of just discussing topics uh, that we wanted to talk to you about. And one topic was on all three of our minds. Best Roberto Luongo story. I'm sure you get asked about Luongo a lot, but we got to know the best Luongo story that maybe we haven't heard. Uh, one of the best ones that I have. So, uh, my first training camp, and I'm all nervous and everything, right? And 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 uh, I remember the first game that I was going to sit on the bench uh, for Louis, uh, and we were all in the locker room before, and everyone's trying to focus and like get ready for the game, right? And uh, Darcy Hordichak was still on the team and Darcy is just like the biggest ch- chatterbox that you'll ever meet right and he was just like having his own comedy show and everything in there right and uh, at that time there was a lot of rumors that Darcy was going to get traded <laughs> uh, so Louis kind of just like sitting there and everything and He's trying to focus. He's trying to get ready for the game and everything. And all of a sudden, he just like has had enough, right? And he just stand, stands up and he's like, guys, don't worry. Darcy's going to be traded tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> you guys don't have to worry about this anymore. And like, everyone just like started dying la- laughing, right? And then... <laughs> The next day, Darcy gets traded. <laughs> it was just like the best thing. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm like, oh yeah, Lou. Like, I'm sure you don't have anything to do with this, right? <laughs> yeah, everybody wanted to know about that story. I am in Carolina, and the fans here adore you, and they adore your dad from that interview, the shitless nervous <laughs> thing. But I wanted to know what Rod Brindamore was like as an assistant coach. Uh, Rod was the best assistant coach. I mean, 
you always saw on him that he was going to be the head coach one day, right? And and Rod always has this present above him. And like, as soon as you're in the same room and everything as him, you just feel it. <laughs> and 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 he was the same as an assistant coach too. And like, I didn't have him as a head coach, but from from uh, uh, from what I understand from the guys there and everything. He hasn't changed at all. He's like the same guy that you can just go and talk to at any time. Like a real players coach. I was I was gonna ask you. I mean, I'm I'm the goalie guy. Um, I I I have so we're the weird ones up that niche. <laughs> yes, the weird ones. Yes, <laughs> and and I'm wondering like so so I was trying to come up with like something to ask you goalie related and like to me the thing that's on my mind just in a broader term for the NHL, and I'd like to get your perspective on it, is goalies are playing younger than ever. I think it used to be once he's 23, 24, that's when you start like thinking he can be ready for the NHL. Whereas now, Spencer Knight, Carter Hart, guys like that are playing much earlier. I guess as someone who went through that development, and you've seen dozens of goalies go through that development, do you do you think that's a good thing that goalies are getting a chance to play younger? Yeah. I mean... At some point, I kind of feel like they're being forced to play younger with the salary cap and everything like that. And and uh, I I I think that it works. I just think that the organizations that go that route, instead of putting them in the minors for two or three years, uh, the teams that do put them in the, the NHL early, they have to realize that like. It's not just going to go up and up and up, and 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 uh, we see these on a lot of these young guys and everything. It's like Carter Hart was so good his first year, right? And then last year he kind of had a little bit of a dip, and 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 uh, that's that's usually why you have them go through the whole minor league thing and everything, right? Uh, because uh, you kind of want him to have that learning experience and that dip in the minors and like not where it matters for a ton of stuff. Right. So, so uh, it all depends on the team, I think, and like where they are, are they in a rebuild? Are they in a win now situation? Right. A, a case of like it, this can be good for their development, but you have to expect there to be some valleys in this. It's not just going to be like you said, a, a perfect progression upwards. Exactly, exactly. Eddie, we're just about out of time, but I am not letting you go as someone who follows you on Twitter and as an Italian without calling you out on. <laughs> you were kidding, right? Ke- ketchup and spaghetti. You were please, please, for the love of God, tell me you were just doing that to rile people up on Twitter. I am going to get like the entire Italian community together. I'll lead the way. I'll lead the way. <laughs> pasta <laughs> with some ketchup and my meat, meat sauce. And like, you are going to like it. I disagree. <laughs> there's, there's just no way. I, Wait, you mix meat sauce with the ketchup? So you put like, okay, let's have a discussion about this. Ketchup is like tomato based, right? Right. So why is it so weird to put a tomato based sauce on top of your tomato sauce? Like, like, how is that so weird? 
I don't understand why why it's so weird. Is it Sugar? cold? Is it <laughs> so cold? I'm... Is it? It's, I can't even picture how you're a, doing this. Is this a Swedish thing, or did you make this up? I guess it's a Swedish thing. I mean, <laughs> I thought it was a universal thing, but if, <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> I guess I'm asking not. William Carlson tomorrow. <laughs> I see where you're going with it. I get it. But I. But so you're not putting ketchup on f- on plain noodles. No, I mean, I'm You're not putting a it savage. on top of noodles. <laughs> all- I'm not a savage. <laughs> I don't know. As soon as the word ketchup brought, got brought up, I, I automatically put you in the savage category. But you're not a savage for coming on this show. Eddie, thanks so much for doing this. It was a blast. Keep enjoying life. Keep enjoying selling houses. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. <laughs> hey, thank you, guys. Have a good day. Thanks so much. You probably thought I was lying, but there was Eddie Lack talking about ketchup on pasta and everything else in the NHL. We're going to take a quick break. Afterwards, we're going to read some of your Twitter questions. Thanks for sending them in. We'll get to that right after this. All right. It's that time of the week. We go through some Twitter questions to get some uh, answers on real hard hitting hockey topics like what uh, Eric underscore K8 said. Which player had the best Halloween costume? You guys big Halloween fans? Oh, I'm spooky as they come. I'm depressed that Halloween's over, but they did bring it this year. Um, I'm kind of looking through them now. Evgeny Svechnikov was an amazing joker, and he always cracks the style ranking, so I was not surprised he put effort into this. Um, of course, John Tavares was a construction worker. Like, could you be more boring? <laughs> Morgan Geeky was a really good Dwight Schrute. So I'll give him that. Yeah, you saw that? <laughs> yes. The Dwight Schrute was excellent. I, I wish he would have had like a wig to have like the bangs hanging over. That was the only like flaw in it. Other than that, it was spectacular. Um, PK Subban always usually goes all out. And, and, you know, in the past he was Prince. And then he went really all out with a Michael Jackson thriller costume. And then did it again. Oh, that was a repeat. I was ready to crown that the winner. Yeah. That was good. And, and did it again. And I'm kind of going, oh, come on, Pete. You got money. <laughs> come up with something. Come up with something else better. And th- for me, it's more all time. That Max Domi Joker one from a couple of years ago to me was just, just an all timer. I mean, again, it's, it must be nice to go to a professional makeup artist and say, here's a bunch of cash to make me look like the actual movie uh, person. But uh, that one always jumped out to me. What about you, Jesse? In, in hey. terms of the all-time great, so the Golden Knights have had some like Halloween pictures over the years. And I remember, I don't know if it was last year or the year before that, but Marc-Andre Fleury and his wife dressed up as like toy soldiers. And so they so their whole body is painted green and they've got everything and they've got their little stance with their weapon that's painted green also. But the best part was they're carrying around little like rugs that are in the shape of the little circle that goes at the bottom of the army guys so stand up and they would just at any moment they would just throw the rug on the ground and then stand on it and pose and it was phenomenal mark andre fleury's had yeah. some great ones he was um cousin it once yep. uh you know with his wife as well so uh you gotta uh, hand uh, it to the wags on these Halloween ones fan. and i will also say TJ Oshie and Lauren Oshie always go all out. They were mean girls this year. And TJ was like the mom. <laughs> He's always like what you wouldn't expect. Like they did 101 Dalmatians and he was a dog. Like <laughs> He's always like a prop for her. And I really respect that. Speaking of ones you wouldn't expect, I remember asking the Golden Knights players, like who is who had the best costume at the party? And they're like, oh, you're not going to believe this. Because all these guys had these elaborate costumes. And then Nick Holden, who's now on the Rangers, comes in late with his wife and they're dressed as 
Costco workers <laughs> with a tray with a tray of samples. <laughs> And the samples are shots. So like, and they literally come walking into the house late and they're like, they said it was greatest entrance. So Costco workers with like the hair nets and (laughs) samples full of shots. That's a fan favorite. Uh, I remember Austin Matthews did his, uh, did a Freddie Mercury with, uh, with uh, Morgan Riley, which I thought was pretty good. Although I don't know how that team could do any kind of costume that involves a song. We are the champions. <laughs> you just can't do that. Uh, Freddie Anderson, Ed Sheeran. <laughs> our, our producer, Jeff just threw his head back. He was so angry at that one. Uh, another one here, uh, as far as Twitter goes from VGK Dean with the rash of injuries, the golden Knights have, why the heck trade for another injured player? I'm assuming he's talking about one Jack Eichel. And this is a team you follow pretty closely, Jesse. <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, um, for anyone who's not following it closely, the Golden Knights are currently without their top two scorers, Mark Stone and Max Pacioretty, um, Alex Tuck, their number one center, William Carlson, their number three center, Nolan Patrick, and their number four defenseman, Zach Whitecloud. So they're basically rolling out an AHL right now. (laughs) I mean, they've still got some studs in the lineup, obviously, Petrangelo and guys like that. But why trade for Eichel? I mean, I don't think that their injuries right now should really impact that because they're basically just trying to tread water. They're trying to hold their head above water right now. Just survive. And that's, that's, they're four and five. That's pretty much what they're doing. You, you don't have to be in the playoff position in, in January. Everyone knows this. Just stay within striking distance. And to me, if I'm the Golden Knights, if I can get Jack Eichel for a reasonable, for, for a reasonable price, I'm not, the, the injury situation wouldn't have any impact on my decision making because I think if you, if you do make that, you're still in the same situation, except for now, you're not just going to get Stone and Pacioretty and Tuck and Nolan Patrick and White Cloud back. You're going to get all of them back and one of the best centers in all of hockey. So the Goldbits have been in a situation when it can't. I remember talking to George McPhee, the expansion draft, they obviously did really well, but the one thing they couldn't get was centers because everyone protects their centers. They couldn't draft a center because they haven't picked high enough. To, to draft a good one. They had they they can't get them in free agency because no one lets their centers go to free agency. <laughs> so that's the one position that this team, as well as they're built, if you look at this team, they are very weak up the middle. They don't have a center. So if one of the best ones on the planet becomes available, it makes sense to go after him. Absolutely. We're gonna have to wait and see. Calgary also another team in the mix in the Jack Eichel sweepstakes. Guys, as always, thanks so much. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Rob. Thanks so much. Before we go, I want to tell you about some other great hockey talk you can listen to. Bryce Salvador, the former captain of the New Jersey Devils, joins Craig Custance and Sean Gentili on the athletic hockey show USA. And I want to say a big thanks to you for listening to us, the athletic hockey show. You can follow us on your favorite podcast platform. And don't forget, leave a rating and a review. You can subscribe to The Athletic Audio Plus on Apple Podcasts to get all the bonus content from the entire network. You start with a 30-day free trial then just 99 cents a month after that. And right now you get an annual subscription to The Athletic for just $3.99 a month when you visit theathletic.com slash hockey show. The Athletic Hockey Show continues Thursday with Ian Mendez and down goes Brown for Sarah and Jesse. I'm Rob. Talk to you in a week. Hey, baseball fans, this is Derek Van Riper. Now that spring training games are underway, opening day is just a few weeks away. Eno Saris and I have been getting ready for the season all winter on Rates and Barrels. Whether you're a seasoned fantasy player, a baseball stats junkie, or just someone who wants to learn more about the game, 
Join us for four episodes each week this season, including our new Friday live stream with former big leaguer Trevor May. Check out the live stream on Fridays at 1 o'clock Eastern on the Rates and Barrels YouTube channel, or listen to the show wherever you enjoy your podcasts, including the ad-free option on the Athletic app.